Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to challenge the way you think about your faith and work, today we're talking about a call-in show. No, we're not talking about a call-in show. We're talking, we're complete, we are Honey, help me out here. I'm struggling. We're going to have a call-in show. Yes, we are. We'd love to hear from people and actually talk to them. Today we're talking, for the next 10 weeks, Martha and I are breaking up the marriage mentoring stuff that we do with couples from all over the country, and we're part of a program called DareToBeDifferent.com, and it's what we do with our volunteer time. We love helping couples invest in their marriages, and we wanted to break it up. You know, as we've talked so many times on the I Work For Him show, if your marriage is struggling, your workplace is going to be struggling because wherever you go, what's in your mind, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your private life, it affects everything that you do. So we do our Tuesday shows, Martha and I, and we talk about issues that impact our relationships. And today we're talking about communication and conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Because that's the number one thing we start with with couples. It is. It's the beginning point because we need to learn how to have good communication and how to do some conflict resolving in order to be able to work on even other areas. And everything we learn in marriage mentoring can apply to real life relationships outside of your marriage, especially this one. 
communication and conflict resolution. In fact, this is one of my favorite scriptures because this describes the struggle I've had all of my life because I have not practiced this all of my life. I'm still learning. Somebody told me just the other day, Jim, you're just not that great of a listener. But I really can ask great questions, though. All right. James 1.19 says this. Understand, and James, James was a brother of Jesus. He was the head of the church in Jerusalem. This guy lived with the Son of God for 33 years. He knew him better than anybody else. James 119, he says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to be angry. So, Martha, we've got a special guest calling into the show today, and after we get done with our special guest, I want to talk about conflict resolution and communication and how it impacts our relationships. This is going to be a fun conversation today. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. Really? Yes. Are you sure you agree with me? (laughs) Do you want to have some conflict? I don't know. I think we should create some conflict. (laughs) Create some conflict (laughs) so we have something to resolve. All right, on Sunday at our church, we go to First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks and on Elmerton Road in Largo, right near the Caris Christian Books and Gift Store, which is open seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Our pastor started a series on work, and he and he opened the, he opened his series up. Who do you work for? And he didn't put the really part out of there, but I invited him onto my show. Welcome, Pastor Jeff Parrish from First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. Welcome to the I Work for Him show. Oh, it's good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, now Martha says that you really would wanted to be in the studio today. Next time, we'll invite you and your bride, and, and we'll bring you on the show, <laughs> and then we'll go out for dinner afterwards, because we got this great little place for for a little Italian place called Goodfellas around the corner. It's fantastic. Uh, of course, that, that, fantastic. that only works if you're not on that diet anymore, though. That diet... Yeah, that's exactly right. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing at that place that fits the diet that you've been on. No, their calzones are great, though. Oh, plug. yeah, their calzones okay. are pizza. All right, listen, I just want to thank you publicly as an inspiration to Tampa Bay for starting the tidal wave that I've been calling for for years on the radio already. Two years on the radio this... Tomorrow, two years tomorrow. on the radio. Asking, wow. asking pastors to just encourage the people in their churches on how their workplace matters, on how their faith matters to their workplace, and how no matter what they do, it matters to God. And I was so thrilled that, that sermon, I couldn't say amen enough, and I had all kinds of people <laughs> smacking me after church going, Jim, we heard you saying amen. I'm like, I know, but I just wanted to stand up and clap. I was so excited. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for being brave. As you said in your sermon, most everybody in that in that congregation on Sunday had never heard a sermon like that before, and I want to thank you publicly in front of thousands of people. Thank you for doing it because I am sure the lives of everybody in our church will never be the same because of this series. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's I've already I've already gotten wonderful response uh, from it. You know, just because I don't think people, you know, people don't think that way. They don't think that where they work is their ministry, and God has called them there for as long as they're there. So, yeah. So what was your driving passion behind doing this series? Well, just uh just the just the whole thought we were sit we were actually sitting in a um you know, we were talking uh in a in a creative meeting that we were having and and talking about, you know, living living scent, you know, and we have the little we have a little uh map out front of the church that has a place where everybody lives. And then it just dawned on me, yeah, but think about the greater mission field, which is the workforce, the workplace. And uh, and think about how many dots that that would cover with the people where they work. It'd be a lot more than than where you live. 
Well, and it's not, it's not just the dots of the workplaces, and then it's the dots of the people in the workplaces that we work alongside. I mean, the influence right. of the average person in the workplace could be, you know, 20 or 30 people. Then you start going, wow, we, we're, we're probably impacting a third of Pinellas County. Yeah, and then all their families, too. Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's fantastic. Absolutely. So how many weeks is the series going to be? Have you decided that yet? Yeah, it's going to be six weeks, uh, and um, and going to cover a whole range of topics. Uh, kind of hitting a whole lot of different topics. So, talk, uh, but obviously, this week had to do with you know who do you work for. So, yeah, and, and you missed you missed that great opportunity to just you know put put that my voice right to that one and say who do you work for really because that's why I open up my show every <laughs> week. All right, so talk about some of those topics, Jeff. Talk about some of the topics that you're going to be hitting because I, I want to. We're going to tell people on our Facebook site tonight and on our website and where they can go to come to church and hear all about work. But what are some of the topics going to be? Well, uh, obviously, this past week was who do you work for, and and that's the driving force. You know that that wonderful quote. You know where you know that, that if you really want to find lasting motivation, then it it purpose behind why you're working. So that was this past week. Um, this coming week, we're going to do uh, we're going to do work ethics, mm-hmm. uh, and and just taking a look at the workplace as far as you know being being the light that God's called us to be. And uh, and not not just doing business the way the world does, but doing it on a you know, with a high standard and with uh, other things like that. So um, so that'll be uh, that'll be this coming week, and then uh, and then we will uh, we will I'll, I'll have uh, two weeks where I'll do one week uh, a word for the boss. That is everybody. Uh, you know, the scripture has a lot to say with how uh, of how you take care and treat those who are underneath you. Uh, who are underneath your authority in the, in the workplace, you know, and so uh, so we're gonna have a word for the boss uh, that'll that'll be coming up, and then um, and then and then the we'll have a topic called a word for the employee, that is the, the a word for those who who are underneath and and what that looks like, what the scripture says, not just to not just to work hard when you're uh, when you're being inspected, uh, <laughs> but to to work hard pretty much all the time. Um, because uh, because obviously that was that was obviously being believers that's who we would be, and so uh, so we'll do a uh, uh, you know, word for the uh, word for the boss, a word for the employee, and then we'll uh, and then we'll have a, I'm going to do a, a message. I've, in fact, I've already put it together, uh, just called God's design for rest, and uh, and exactly what that looks like. You know, um, with the with the workplace becoming more and more consuming of people's time and lives uh that we were created to work but we were also created to rest which god gave us pretty good example of in the creation so um so we'll be uh we'll be hitting that and then we'll uh then we'll do uh then we'll do uh, just being a light being a light uh, uh in the in the workplace so uh so anyway so that'll be uh Fantastic topics. That's just so exciting. You know, I I think one of the best parts about your sermon on Sunday was, of course, all the personal examples. Because as I've as I've told you many times before, people love to see how real their pastor is. And you shared how after you came to Christ, you're working on a shipping dock, and how and 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 this is what Martha said to me. She goes, the saying that you, you know, you were. People were going, well, Jeff, why why are you this way? And you're like, well, I just became a believer. And then and then you said that two other people on the dock said what. They said, they said, well, well, we're Christians too. And then I was sitting in that little break room when I said that. I was just 21 years old and so brand new in my faith. I didn't know any better. And 
when they said they were believers, I kind of looked at them, you know, like, like, great. And then everybody else turned around and looked back and said, you're a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so it was kind of classic that, obviously, even though they said that they were Christians, everybody else on the dock didn't see where it was It was obvious that they were and the way that they were, you know, working and living and everything else. So I thought that was pretty, that was, pretty, it was, one, of my, it was one of the memories I had uh, looking back on some of those things. No, it's great. Martha's got a shirt in the bookstore that says, hey, if you were being convicted of, of being a Christ father, would there be enough evidence to convict you? That's probably not the right, right. way to say it. But, right. but yeah, that's no, really that's what it. you... Yeah, you, that's it. You should really wear that on Sunday. Really, that's a great one. <laughs> just because it was so, it's so powerful. Well, listen, Jeff, I, I just want to thank you for preaching this series. I, I want to make sure that... Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm going to make sure everybody in Tampa Bay knows you're doing it, and then we want to pass on so we can, so we can pass on some of that encouragement to other pastors around the Bay because it's something everybody needs to hear, and we're we're going to get your series out there on our website let people know, hey, this is, come hear the words. It's fantastic. So thanks for being bold. Thanks for being brave. Thanks for thanks for being on the bleeding edge of ministry Bye. here in Tampa Bay. Absolutely. It's been an honor. Thank you very much. All right. Thank see you, you later, Jeff. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. All right. So that's on Sunday, Saturday night, and two Sunday services at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. Come hear the sermon series on work, and you can go out to their website right now, IndianRocks.org, and listen to last week's sermon on on who do you work for? And uh, I just I couldn't encourage people more, Martha, to, to come and hear that series. Boy, people were giggling, laughing, and clapping. Yeah, we we were talking about that in staff meeting today. When was the last time that people more than once? broke out an applause during a, con- a a sermon and i think it just resonated so much with them that people really are hearing the message that where i work matters to god and what i do matters to god and i need to do it in a way that gives him the glory and brings people to him well, well i'd love to be able to take credit out there with all my listeners that it was my influence on our pastor the why we did the series <laughs> but it really had nothing to do with me hmm, that's that's the god thing that's too bad I, but i'm hoping for more influence. maybe i can influence you listeners in order to encourage your pastors to find out go. get the notes from jeff parasol he could you could preach your pastor could preach that sermon in your uh church place that would be fantastic hmm. all right we're talking about communication and conflict resolution that's what we're going to talk about today are you sure we're going to talk about that? <laughs> I was trying to be conflicting. I don't really want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Hey, Ivan, can we take a break early? That'd be all right? All right, we're going to take a break early because we've, we've, we we talked with Jeff Parrish, and I don't want to start a conversation and then break it up. So listen, we're going to take a break. Martha and I are talking about a conflict, wow, communication and conflict resolution. Today, Martha and I are talking about conflict and communication. Oh, no. Communication and conflict resolution. I'm having a hard time <laughs> with that today. I'm having a hard time. Let's, Don't argue with me about let's this. Let's communicate Yes, about we should. It, okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. For the next 10 weeks, Martha and I are going to take our Tuesday shows, and we're going to walk through some of the things we help couples deal with in their marriages through our marriage mentoring program, whether it's premarital counseling or after they've already been married. And each one of these things that we're talking about also helps you as a manager or an owner or just a co-worker deal with people better in your workplace. And as we did in the scripture at the beginning from James, you know, we all could use Martha to work on being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I've always been slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to become angry. A little less on the angry side anymore, but, you know, pretty much the opposite of what James was calling for. Yeah, we're pretty, 
I think our society as a whole, we're quick to think about the next thing we want to say. <laughs> Speaking of that, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by, of course, Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been part of the Largo community for 30 years, founded with a desire to get Bibles into the hand of the new believer. The ministry continues now stronger than ever. Located in the center of First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Elmerton Road in Largo, there are 2,400 square foot stores open to the public seven days a week. That's right, seven days a week. Check them out online at shopcaris.com or on Facebook at Karis Bookstore. C-H-A-R-I-S Bookstore. Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Shop local. Spread the word. Be the first person to call into the studio line at 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And I'm going to send a copy of this great book to you right after the show. That's right. This book today we're highlighting is called The Old Fashioned Way by Ginger Cole Baba. Let me give you a short explanation. It's a great movie based, this is a, a book based on a great movie called Old Fashioned that was out over Valentine's Day. And it just talked about two people who came from pretty messed up paths and, and decided to recommit their lives to Christ and living a whole new way, the old fashioned way, doing a relationship the old fashioned way. And it was fantastic and a great encouragement for anybody. It wasn't this. Disney happily ever after garbage. It was actually people who had real problems and came together and worked through them and created a solid relationship and it was all based on their faith. It was fantastic. So we've got a book called The Old Fashioned Way. And if you want to invest in your marriage relationship or you're outside, if you're not married just yet and you want to read a good book about it, call and get a copy of this book. Right now. They should call right now, shouldn't they? Yes. Operator is standing by right now. 855-265-2929. 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read the book because the movie is coming out on DVD real soon. This summer. That's right. So don't wait for the movie. Read this book. All right, we're back live and in studio. I got Martha Brangenberg right alongside of me. We're giving away a book called The Old Fashioned Way. Call into the studio line, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. You know, I just want to say something. Really, the guy in that movie, he really lived out Romans 12, too, because he chose not to conform any to longer. the ways of the world any longer once he was convicted. And that was really hard, but he did it in a beautiful way. It was a fantastic movie. I mean, it, I, I, we could not recommend a movie more highly than that. And it was in the theaters. It was. It was worth every dime I spent, and I'd watch it 12 more times. Wow. It was a yeah. great movie. That's great. It was. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just telling you, and I don't endorse movies very often because most of the time they're just full of, well, anyway, so call, <laughs> call in right now, get a copy of this book. Martha, we're talking about communication and conflict resolution, mm-hmm. and, and that's always the first thing we deal with when we're going with mentoring couples. We always start on communication because people need to learn how to communicate. Right, and it's a really good place to start to teach them some of the rules and the roles that they play in our mentoring program so that as we go into a little bit more difficult subject matter maybe um, they've learned how to have those conversations and how they can communicate because really the the goal behind the mentoring that we do is for the to teach the couple how to come to their own um, solution to their own answer to their whatever it is that they are not seeing eye to eye on. And so we teach them how to do that. And a great way to do that is to start by talking about how to communicate. 
and then they've got good practice. Well, and what are one of the things that we tell every couple is that if you want to fix your marriage, you need to do mm-hmm. three things. Number one, pray together. Yep. Number two, set aside time every day to communicate. Mm-hmm. After the kids are in bed, or first thing in the morning before the kids get out of bed, a time where it's not interruptible time where you can communicate about what's going on in your life. And number three, stop worrying about all the problems with your spouse and start working on your own stinking issues because you got plenty of your own. You don't need to worry about and keep track of all their stuff. Yeah. Why do we say that? Well, because it really, it really does make a difference. If you are focusing on what God wants in your life, then number one, some of the pet peeves or little things that are irritating you, they, they, you realize they really don't matter. And the closer you get to the Lord, you're both moving in that direction, and then you get closer to each other. Hey, I just had a thought. You know, if your pastor is doing a series on work, let me know. I'll bring That's your pastor on, idea. too. If your pastor is doing a series on work and is encouraging you to recognize your workplace as a mission field, let me know. Let Martha know. Jim at IWorkForHim.com or Martha at IWorkForHim.com, and that's the number four. We want to know. We'll bring your pastor on, too. I just happen to be lucky enough to have my pastor preaching on it. All right, so we are involved in a marriage mentoring process that's been put out by DareToBeDifferent.com. And Dare to Be Different has a marriage mentoring program in over 3,000 churches in the United States. Amazing. How does it start off, baby? Well, it starts off with um, some volunteers and lay people in the church getting trained in how this program works. And then ultimately what happens is a couple decides that they want to go through the mentoring process. They say, you know what, I just want to make my marriage stronger. We could really use to learn some tools or we're going to get married or, you know what, we're really struggling. We need some help. All of those scenarios can work in this situation. So the couple gets paired with a couple that has been trained in how to do the mentoring and they get together in the first week they take a survey and this survey <laughs> he's just staring at me <laughs> this survey has anywhere from 135 to 174 questions depending on whether they're getting ready to be married or if they are cohabitating or been married or before been married before there's a couple different um sections that they do based on that history optional sections optional sessions sections and they take that survey and what the survey it's kind of like you know the game show the survey results the survey says um when you when you meet the second time you have those survey results and then you um basically it helps to know where you the couple are not agreeing on um, a situation. And so today we're going to talk about some of the communication situations that they may have conflict on because they don't, um, they've maybe never discussed it or they know it's an issue and they just haven't dealt with it or they haven't had help dealing with it or it's something they fight about on a daily basis and they're completely aware that they're doing it but they need help. Like the fact that you keep me up past 11 o'clock every night. We don't ever argue about that. It's usually my fault. <laughs> hey, but we've got a book to give away. And, and listen, I'd like a new caller to call in today. You know, every day we give away something here on the mm-hmm. I Work For Him show. And we don't do it because we're making any money. We do it because we're trying to get good quality material out into the hands of our listeners. And so we've got this book called Old Fashioned, which is all about having a really cool relationship with your spouse or with the person you're dating with, or maybe even with a coworker or somebody, just the old fashioned way, really respecting each other. So if you've never called in before, we've got this book, or maybe you haven't called in in a long time, we've got this book, we really want to send it out. It's sitting in our giveaway section, and we want to give it to you. It's called The Old Fashioned Way. Call into the 
studio line now at 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And if you've got a question about communication or conflict resolution, you can also call in for that. And the first person that calls in with a question for us can also get the book. All right, so the, the one we see most often, the, there are several questions that are high-impact questions. Mm-hmm. And the one we see most often um, are the top two questions that I highlighted in your in your notes today. Okay, uh, actually, it's the top three that are on there. But number one, we have discussed and agreed. This is they they answer these questions, agree or disagree. And the question, the statement is: We have discussed and agreed on what times during the day are better to discuss important issues. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree? Have we ever had a couple that said they agreed with that? Were both the husband and wife agreed on that? If we have, it was probably one that hadn't gotten married yet, <laughs> you know, because they said, hey, I think it would be really good when we get home from work to talk about this or whatever. This is something that's why we have rules. When we work with couples, we set down the rules that we said right before the bottom of the half hour. Number one, you got to start praying together. The most powerful tool in your marriage, the most incredible thing you could do for your marriage is to put God at the center of it. And you need to start praying together. And so, and people are like, well, we don't even know how to do that. I'm like, really? Then today's the day to start practicing. I mean, you can't screw it up. You can't screw up talking to God. Just start praying together. And just start for a few seconds. I mean, it's something Martha and I started doing in our dating years, and we've been doing it ever since. I don't know that we've missed maybe two or three. She's dying of coughing. She, she, I'm sorry. She's got a serious drinking problem. No, it's allergies, I think. You drink water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, would it? Yeah, anyway. So, we, but anyway, we've been praying together, but we also really know that, number one, we don't have serious conversations after 9, 9.30. We, we just, try not to. We try not to. And when we do, it's an epic fail. It usually ends up in a and, and one of us ends up in a hot mess. Hey, we use both of those in one word sentence. <laughs> it's an epic fail. We end up in a hot mess. That is our daughter's favorite term to describe people that are just really... Uh, messed up it's just what's being said these days yeah epic fail hot mess anyway that's what happens so we recommend the couples really discuss when is it best to bring up things that are potentially conflict oriented things that are disagreements or major decisions that need to be made so what would happen in a mentoring session is that we would look at their survey results and it would say if it said that they disagreed on this answer that means that they have not discussed it or they haven't agreed they may have discussed it many times but they haven't come to an agreement and um, so we walk them through that process of saying well what would be a good time of day for you guys to have a serious conversation and help them to determine what's going to work for them because for some people with their schedule if they're both morning people and the you know they get up before the kids maybe that's a great time or maybe they can call over lunch break and discuss things or you know who knows what it's best to do it face to face it is but the point is that everybody's schedule is different and so it's not that nine o'clock at night is a magical time that everybody has to do it it's that they need to come to an agreement so the beautiful thing about the mentoring the beautiful thing yes is that they get to decide and then they agree and they write down their agreement. That's right. And then they start to practice that agreement. Well, and here's we've had some objections from people saying, well, the kids go to bed late and then we just go to bed right after them. Well, that's a problem. Children need lots of sleep. They do. So they should go to bed much earlier than you so that you can have a life without children. And it's and it shows the kids the importance of their marriage too. You and can tell also, them you're going to bed because mom and dad need to talk. <laughs> and a rested child is a child 
It's a happy child. It's a happy child, and it's also a child more enjoyable to spend time around. Mm-hmm. We, and we speak from experience. We've got one daughter who still sleep, could sleep 12 hours every day. Yes. And in the morning, she's still really not friendly, and she can't listen today because she's out of the country. So, <laughs> All right, so, uh, so we try to get people to set aside times. Number two, this one comes up a lot. Mm. Um, I would rather keep the peace in order to avoid conflict. Okay, well, let's just apply it to the business con- uh, concept first on that first one. We've discussed and agreed on what times during the day are better to discuss important issues. If you've got a boss... You need to do the same thing with them. Mm-hmm. If you've got uh, coworkers, you need to ask your boss to determine what's a good time to bring up those conflicts, whether it's in weekly meetings or monthly meetings or whatever it is. But to, to, to discuss issues, when do you get a time to actually bring that stuff up? This applies in the workplace because there's all kinds of communication and conflict resolution needs to happen in the workplace. There is. And setting those boundaries up make it more successful. Because like when I'm, I just went through a little hiring um process frenzy frenzy is that what you want to call it um, Felt like and it. being able to set it set it up at the beginning and say you know this is how i prefer to handle things and if you you know do this or that or whatever and talk about it and make it an open conversation rather than you know them four weeks in going man i don't know how to ask her this question because we've never had a you know conversation about anything so really being able to set that up and know okay at 455 is not a good time to you know bring up something lengthy at the end of the day when you're trying to close the store or whatever the case well and be. i love one of the things you said last night just as a review you're you know you're training in a lot of people right now and you and you say listen i'm gonna hire you and for the first three months i just want you to do what i'm telling you to do I want you to just do it the way that I've showed you to do it. And after those three months, if you come up with an idea that could possibly help improve the process, I Mm -hmm. want to hear it. But first, I want you to learn the way that we've already experienced is the best way. Right. And you know what? It really goes back to the verse that you said for today. Be Be quick to listen. That's right. Slow to speak. Or slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Whatever. Okay. But because that way they've had time, they're processing the thinking rather than, oh, what am I going to say and how should I do it? But how do you take advantage of a new employee can see the forest and the trees separately? During those first 90 days, the most powerful days for any new employee in a business are those first 90 days where they see things that maybe you mm-hmm. can't see or the other people can't see because they're not from there. Well, I actually didn't put a three-month time frame on it. I thought you, you did. No. I just said, let me teach it to you first. Once you've learned it from start to finish, not the whole job, but a process. Your job takes eight years. It takes a long time for the people to really understand. So you do take advantage of the forest for the trees. I try. Because that's a huge thing is any new employee. And if you're out there listening and you hire people, you're a manager, you're a supervisor, you're an owner or whatever, or you're training in somebody, those first 90 days, don't miss those days. They're the most important days ever in an employee's life because they can see things you can't see because they're not been they haven't been blinded by mm. by what, what's the word I'm looking for they haven't been blinded by normalcy I mean they they, yeah. they see everything is new to them right all right so so the second one is I would rather keep the peace in order to avoid conflict mm. there are people in every marriage <laughs> every relationship that would rather keep the peace in order to avoid conflict. Let me just describe this situation, because Martha and I had a chain of insurance agencies in southwestern Minnesota, over there on the Fruited Plain that we were talking about earlier. (laughs) And people in Minnesota never, almost never, almost never, ever, ever, stinking ever have conflict with each other. 
They just avoid it. No, no, it. they have the they have, they have conflict, right. but they, they don't never, deal with it. <laughs> they never deal with the conflict. They're too nice. That's right. It's Minnesota nice. That's right. And so in southwestern Minnesota, I bought into a chain of insurance agencies that were part of a bank that was almost 100 years old. And I thought, wow, this is going to be fantastic. All these people in the small town, you do a great job, and you ought to be able to get their business just by treating them really great. Well, the problem was nobody ever dealt with conflict. And so there were people that wouldn't do business with the bank and with the insurance agency and the bank's lobby. They wouldn't come to insurance, do business with the insurance agency because their uncle had been slighted by the bank president 50 years ago. Or they might have a conflict with Betty Sue who's down the street and Betty Lou and Betty Sue haven't been fighting. And so actually those are more Southern names. So let's see, Sally and Jane. Jane Smith and Sally Anderson have had a fight and that happened 30 years ago. And now when they see each other in downtown of 22,000 people, they go to the opposite side of the street and walk down the other side of the street. So that is the most dysfunctional thing ever. And people do that all the time. How many of you have a relationship with somebody that's been damaged? And so when you see them, you run the other direction or you avoid them or you pretend you don't see them. Do you want them to all raise their hands right now? <laughs> raise only one hand. Don't raise both driving. hands if you're driving. So, right. the, but so the, in the relationship. The point of this is, is that it, a lot of times in daily life, it's easier, we think, to just sweep it under the rug and not a, not deal with the conflict and just try to keep the peace and get through another day. And then that all builds up and builds up and builds up. And we feel hurt or we don't feel not listened to. And that creates greater conflict rather than just dealing with that little issue that maybe needs to be dealt with. Well, here's the guarantee. If you want to kill your marriage, just avoid conflict. Hmm. If you don't want to have intimacy in your marriage... Just avoid conflict. If you don't really want to have a relationship with your spouse or your friends, just avoid conflict. If there is conflict there, just avoid that you actually are having it. Just be a peacekeeper and just pretend. If you want to kill everything around you, oh, but that really doesn't affect the other people, does it? It destroys you from the inside out. So you're being sarcastic. Uh, oh, sarcasm, sarcasm. We need to have a sarcasm alert. Like a... Well, you know, the other day we were having a conversation about when you discipline a child, and after they get the discipline, more, more likely than not, they are very loving and hug on you and everything because you've erased that conflict that was there. They knew they did something wrong, and you have shown them that you care for them, and then they come back and the same thing is true in a marriage dealing with the conflict to make your marriage stronger is so much better than avoiding the thing that's making a chasm in the short term it's harder in the long term Mm -hmm. it's fan stinking tastic so we do end up spending a lot of time on that question often too because people need to work on and coming to a resolution and saying okay how in agreement how can we work on conflict in a way that's healthy and not just avoid it well but maybe people are out there thinking you know what i want to have a marriage that has no conflict Hmm. technically right now in the united states of america it is illegal to marry wallpaper but that would be a way to do it No, you probably have conflict there, too, because someday you'd want the wallpaper to come off the wall, and that's really hard, and then you'd be mad at the It wouldn't the let go. Yeah. It'd I'm telling conflict. you, you're marrying people. You're having a relationship with people. You work with people. you got neighbors. They're people. you got kids. Those are people, too. Well, sometimes they are. I mean, I conflict is one of those things, and it does no good to be a peacekeeper and avoid conflict. Mm-hmm. But it does. There is a way to actually face conflict and not be just a rabble rouser, too. 
Every Tuesday, Martha and I try to tackle a topic that has to do with relationships. A lot of time it has to do with marriages. And we do that because, really, it's part and parcel of all of our lives. I mean, we're around married people all the time, and we're around people all the time. Well, most of us are. Some of you are hermits. But most of you, if you live in Tampa (laughs) Bay, you can't avoid people because they're everywhere. And then 20, what was the numbers? It's like 20, something like I don't know, it was like 100 million visitors last year to Tampa. It was some, or to Florida, some ridiculously large number. Uh, But anyway, that's something we're talking about. And I'm going to thank all my sponsors in length at the end of the show today, so we're going to get right back to our discussion. We're talking today about communication and conflict resolution. And here's why we're doing it. You can't have good communication if you're not willing to deal with revolve, resolving conflict mm-hmm. <laughs> and revolving conflict, <laughs> whatever you want. It, it's, it's so important that we really do that. You know, so really that being a, you know, I want to I keep the peace in order to avoid conflict. It's, it's the death knell to a quality relationship. It is. We know all, pe- all kinds of people who have suffered in their marriages because they just never faced the conflict. You know, I know we don't have very much time left, but if anybody's listening and would like to call in and tell us about a situation where this has helped improve their marriage, wouldn't that be awesome? Hey, your mom and dad just won't want to ask you how you got so smart. How did I get so smart? <laughs> because Aww. we made all the mistakes already. <laughs> we made. We you taught me to learn from my mistakes. <laughs> That's right. And and when you look at you know in in your household you didn't have a screaming yelling household and I didn't really have a scream but we had we had loud conflicts we had Italians and Germans in my household and, and you had Swedish and and. You had Swedish people. And German. And German people. And, and much quieter conflict in your household. <laughs> and so you and I had to learn how to have conflict. We did. That's probably um, why this is something we're so passionate about is because we both came from very different approaches and had to learn how to make an agreement on how to talk through things and actually come to agreements on where what we were ever it was we were discussing. and we had to do it and we had to do it in a in a way that really made sense all right mm-hmm. the, the, the third one that we see all the time that comes up in the in the surveys is when somebody asks this question my partner supports me emotionally when i need it mm. and that's an agree or disagree often one of the spouses says agree and one of them says disagree Right. And so really in here, this is, I mean, we could do a whole show on this one, but this is where one partner who agrees and says, yeah, the other partner is meeting my emotional needs. The other partner is feeling left out emotionally. It means there's a love and respect issue. There's a love languages issue, typically where they don't know, they're not being fed love mm-hmm. uh, and they're not dealing with conflict. It's just been avoided. Right. I mean, what, can you think of an example, a good example on that one? Um, I think that, well, we've had couples with as simple as where one of the spouses didn't feel that um, their occupation was respected. And so they, they felt like their spouse didn't really think they worked very hard. When it was a hard job, it was just something they didn't understand. And so therefore, it came across as not being emotionally supported. Um, what's interesting about this one is because this really deals with emotion, it gets interpreted differently by every couple that reads it, but it it's, it speaks to whatever their need is and just where they're at. There's so much more in this. We could do oh another goodness, show, yeah. but we're not going to do another show on communication and conflict resolution unless somebody calls in and says, <laughs> hey, do another week and I want the book. Okay, that's the deal. Because there's so much more. There's so much more we could say. But I'm not sure anybody's listening. Well, your mom and dad are listening. I think my mom and dad are probably listening. But Hi, mom and dad. <laughs> that's right. Is there anybody else listening out there today? Communication and conflict resolution. If you want to start a relationship or fix a relationship, get this book the old-fashioned way. Well, it's and really the key is, is we're just trying to 
you know, touch the tip of the iceberg to let people know about what marriage mentoring can do for them, how they can learn skills that can then also be applied in their workplace. All right, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show. It's not too late for you to call in, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. You can get that book. All right, I'm looking for, Martha and I are looking for a 1,000 people to support us in Tampa Bay. Not financially, although if you want to write a check, great. We could always use help with airtime. But we're looking for a 1,000 people to join the I Work For Him Nation. In fact, we're modifying our website so that you can see the I Work For Him Nation flag. And really, we're looking for a thousand people to make these commitments. A thousand people to start praying every day for their coworkers and employees. Every day, by name, for those people. A thousand people to start looking for ways to reach out to those coworkers and employees outside of the office. A thousand people that will start looking for ways to serve others selflessly in the workplace. A thousand people that will are looking for ways to pray with people in the workplace. A thousand people to start looking to be the best and brightest example of an employee in their position. To be an example of excellence. That's what we're looking for. We want you to make that commitment because that's a commitment we've made. Here and we want we want to know that people are willing to make an impact in the workplace, regardless of what they do. I want people calling me from McDonald's and people calling me from the high rises in Tampa Bay and St. Petersburg, saying I want to be part of the I Work for Him Nation because mm-hmm. I want to make an impact on my workplace for Jesus Christ. We're Christ followers who own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for Him. him.